Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Lions fans. Michael Gray here for the Detroit Lions podcast. Except no substitutes. Uh, week of training camp is in the books. I would say real football, but really the pads just went on recently, so it was football adjacent nonetheless. Important lessons to be learned, surprises, some things that should no longer be surprises, another edition of the enemies list, and a bunch more. Let's get right to it. Cue the music. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red. Rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. As always, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. That's how we get to do what we do. And uh, football season's almost upon us. So it's time to make that, hey, uh, make sure you uh, throw the thumbs up, thumbs down at all of the comments. I, I make the mistake of reading them. All of them. So uh, please be a part of that. Again, that's how we get to do what we do. We're football season almost here. We're going to crank this thing up around the DLP. We need your help to do that, so we appreciate it. Start this thing with the obvious, the injury scare. That's what training camp is all about, unfortunately, for far too many fan bases. You can't win games in July and August, but you could damn sure lose a few. And to see C.J. Gardner-Johnson go down with that knee injury had everybody holding their breath. And by now we all know uh, that luckily, nothing major, shouldn't miss any time that means anything. A guy that they're counting on, even on that one-year contract, you hate to see anybody who matters go down with an injury. You can ask Cincinnati fans, you can ask Miami fans. By the end of training camp, there are going to be a handful of guys that everybody's looking forward to seeing play football that won't be on the field. And that time and time and time again is the one Real, real lesson from training camp is that injuries suck and that we should all probably live in a little bit of fear of them happening to our favorite players. So, CJGJ, A-OK. That's a lot of letters. I didn't mean to acronym that all up like that, but it's a good thing that at least for now, CJ's going to be back on the field. The Lions are relatively healthy. That'll be what has everybody holding their breath and justifiably so throughout training camp. Another lesson I think we can take from week one of training camp, and this is something that Jeff Risden hit on with the live show there with Chris last Wednesday, is the fact that your first and second round draft picks aren't being forced into starting role. This is good news. This is great news for Lions fans because the fact of the matter is for far too long, guys with no experience and not a single snap in the NFL, were being counted on to fill starting roles because there just weren't enough capable players on the roster. And now there are. When C.J. Gardner-Johnson went down, there was a chance the branch was going to get some snaps. He's getting some. He's not going to get as many, thankfully. Again, not a long-lasting injury. But neither one of these guys has to be on the field, which means, A, they can progress at the pace that they're progressing. They're not going to be forced in anything. It also means... They're going to have to earn it. 
And that's something else that's been missing from far too many Lions teams. Depth is established. There are ascending young veterans on the roster. I go back to last week's video talking about the linebacker room, Derek Barnes, more on him in just a second. Jack Campbell's going to have to earn spot. Brian Branch is going to have to work through a sudden, a suddenly a dearth of depth in the backfield, the defensive backfield. That's not something we've been able to say. The Lions have barely had an operating secondary for what seems like forever. And now all of a sudden, you have several players that are ahead of you in the depth chart, and you're going to have to earn your way onto the field. Find your role, and you're going to have to earn everything you get. Nothing but good comes from a situation like that. That is how franchises build long-term stability into their plan. It's how you get longevity, or as Chris incorrectly says, longevity. I can't even remember how he butchered that. Anyway, longevity. It's something we all need. Beyond the 2023 season, you want to know that this roster is functional and can operate and will not be a dumpster fire if one of these guys doesn't get put on the field right away. The other thing that we've learned from one week of training camp is that the Lions have not just a quarterback, but a leader in Jared Goff. And that's not something I'm certain I was ready to say until very, very recently. But it's it's crystal clear now. Uh, despite some hack writing from a guy whose name rhymes with Marlos, um, there is no narrative where Jared Goff hasn't seized this opportunity and shown everyone that he's not just a quarterback, but a leader. Uh, the latest piece of hackery came with the supposition that Ben Johnson somehow made Jared Goff into a competent quarterback, like a create-a-player in a video game. And that's just not the case. Now, the fact that they've got offensive stability and that Ben Johnson has been a bit of a wonderkind in terms of his play calling and his offensive design and everything that he's bringing to the table as an offensive coordinator, great. The stability of having very few changes in that is great. But Jared Goff has seized the reins of the roster. He's offering off-season analyses of guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, who he was working with. He reached out to Denzel Mims, the reclamation project from the New York Jets, and immediately reached out, welcomed him in, established his alpha dog presence. And that's not something, quite frankly, I would have thought uh, was in the cards when the Lions had acquired him as part of a trade for Matthew Stafford. So he's playing really well. You're not hearing about those days when nobody can complete a pass and the offense looks completely dysfunctional and no one knows what's going on. And uh, you have an established leader that everyone acknowledges. The offensive linemen have talked about it. The rookies are talking about it. All of the offensive weaponry and the skill players are talking about it. Jared Goff has emerged as not just the quarterback of the Detroit Lions, but also the unquestioned leader in that locker room. Now, for some surprises. Go back to my last video. I want to watch the linebackers and how this works out. Jack Campbell coming in with a first-round grade. Everybody by now has probably seen inside the den. Lions coaches fancied him a starter. And maybe Derek Barnes is going to have something to say about that. The guy has forced his way into the conversation in year three. You go back and you listen to Kelvin Shepard talk about him a year ago, say all of his problems are from the neck up. And now he's seeing the game, understands the game plan, is reading what's going on. It isn't a blind squirrel finding a nut when he makes a play. 
all of that can change and evolve as the pads come on and the drills get tougher and the dog days of summer wear on. There are a couple of inter-team practices coming up with the Giants and the Jags. There's a lot of work yet to be done. But so far, I think you have to count Derek Barnes as a real pleasant surprise. Along that line, Levi Anzawarake, which wasn't a name, quite frankly, I thought we'd mentioned outside of his final medical settlement with the league and him riding off into the sunset. Former second round pick has been participating without limitations. None of that means anything until we get through some contact days. Let's be, be honest, you know, back injuries and big men, hard to get over. But the fact that he's in there at all means a ton because now you've got more depth at DT, which is something I had sorely need. Uh, you've got Bugs and Benito, the filler bees. They're in there. Aleem looks like a guy that could have a breakout season. But if you start rolling in Kaminsky and Levi and some other depth pieces in the middle of that defensive line, things get pretty exciting pretty fast. Speaking of the defense, Starling, my guy, cornerback, UAB, undrafted free agent, another one that is starting to make some noise. He's a guy that a lot of people are paying attention to, most recently Sports Illustrated. That couldn't. That couldn't get me more excited. All the changes of the defense, everything that's going on, the fact that there's depth there from the starting pieces, there's some exciting rookies, and some uh, you know, maybe unearthing a couple of gems. Uh, that's all good news for a defense that desperately needed. And finally, Teddy Two Gloves. A little bit of a surprise. Shouldn't be, maybe, if you understand and have been watching how the Lions do business. The fact that the Lions have brought in Teddy Bridgewater, kicked the tires on maybe signing that deal, should tell you that nobody on the roster is safe. Not quarterbacks, not wide receivers, not defensive tackles. Nobody's roster spot is assured. There's going to be competition up and down the roster. I know I'm not suggesting that he's going to make a run at Jared Goff's spot, but if you're Nate Sunfeld, you probably ought not get terribly careful because they are always looking to upgrade. And if somebody out there represents, represents an upgrade on the roster and can do things you can't do, Chances are you'll be looking for a job. Now for the not surprises. And most of these were courtesy of Inside the Dead. This is a conversation that's been ongoing. And I think it, it doesn't, it hasn't been played up enough. But the Lions continually tell us who they are. Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, Sheila Hamp. The entire operation is constantly communicating to fans how they do business and what they believe themselves to be. And then you get to watch something like the latest Inside the Dead episode, which is outstanding. Check that out if you get a chance. Um, and they, they are making good on everything they've told you. A, Brad Holmes doesn't give a damn about your mock draft. Doesn't care about your draft value chart. He's not listening to you when it comes to positional value. He's going to draft who he wants to draft. That was the entire crux of Inside the Den that dropped here earlier this week. And he's going to take football players, period, full stop. The Lions are going to take football players that they think make them better. And your positional value chart can kick rocks. The other thing that becomes really, really obvious is that Dan and Brad are collaborating on everything. They've beaten that horse to death. They've told everyone that will listen that they're cut from the same cloth, that they're birds of a feather, that they are of the same mind on so many things. And I think some of it gets washed out in its repetition. 
the fact of the matter is you watch that draft room and inside the dead, you watch the way those guys are working together. You see them analyze the available players, match that with their priorities. The reason they're excited in the draft room, the reason that they have confidence in this roster is because they are 100% in lockstep. There's another cliche about just exactly how to do business. The other thing is that Sheila Hamp is plugged in. I was not sure that I could live enough lifetimes to find a member of the Ford family that was legitimately plugged into the day-to-day operations of their football team. But that day has arrived. Now, being aware and being plugged in is not the same as micromanaging. It's not the same as grabbing the wheel. We all know that Rod Wood makes all of the important football decisions. But Sheila Hamp is plugged in. She wants to know what's going on. They're keeping her apprised of what's going on. There's a reason she was able to step out last season with a vote of confidence when this team was one in six and circling the drain. She is absolutely as much a part of this as any member of upper management. And that's a, that's a wonderful change for Lions fans who have been suffering for decades under absent Ford ownership and absent Ford management. I think we can all agree that it's a welcome shift to see Sheila Hamp plugged in. And that was one of the not surprises from Inside the Den. They've been telling us this is going on. We need to start listening. Finally, latest addition to the enemies list. This one, the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I have a soft spot for the Seahawks. I spent two years at ESPN in Seattle covering the Hawks and the Mares. I enjoyed my time in that town immensely. Got to see the Hawks go to two different Super Bowls. I got a lot of love for that town. I've also got a lot of respect for the fact that Detroit and Seattle are very much on the same page. You can go back in my old videos, did an entire feature on the fact that Detroit and Seattle are not only built similarly, but are building similarly. You got a number of players that mix and mingle. Andre Diggs, I still miss that dude. I told people in Seattle at the time, you're going to love this guy, and they do. And now you've got Evan Brown has crossed sides and headed to the Pacific Northwest. But the Seattle Seahawks make the enemies list for a couple of reasons. One, uh, they drafted Devin Witherspoon uh, right in front of the Lions. That was a dirty trick. Five. Um, The other, the Lions have to play them. And much like the Carolina Panthers, who also made this year's enemies list, Seattle embarrassed Detroit. Unlike Carolina, they did it at home. That game looked like Big 12 football. That defense couldn't do anything. Geno Smith got so much of his hype up and running for the season. And he had a nice year. I take nothing away from him. But that, that Lions game damn sure gave him a shot in the arm in terms of national attention because the Lions were just that bad. And they need to get better quick because Seattle's coming in the first handful of games of the season. It's going to be an important battle in the NFC because the Seahawks are looking to contend. They, like the Panthers, are one of those teams that's going to be around sniffing for a playoff spot. And if the Lions find themselves in a scrap, like they did last year when Seattle won and ended their playoff hopes. What beat Green Bay anyway, just like I said they would. But Seattle was the team that forced that to be. It forced that game to mean nothing for Detroit, everything for Green Bay. All's forgiven because Detroit won and Seattle went on to do not much of nothing, but it's darn sure enough to land them a spot on the enemies list. All right, man, that's it for me. Latest edition of the Detroit Lions podcast. Once again, please rate, review, subscribe, like, share, uh, comments, get read. And uh, we appreciate them. Some exciting things coming up on the channel. Hank Fraley is going to stop by for an interview in the coming days. 
Uh, Chris and Jeff are working their butts off on other stuff. The draft party's coming up. Go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and find everything you need to know about that. Until next time, take it easy. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes. You've had enough of that shit.